Hello, welcome to God Day. And I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today I want to share about genuine faith. You know, we're all on a journey of faith. Uh, faith, the Bible describes as being precious. In fact, Peter talks about our precious faith because faith is our connection with God. You know, we are saved by grace through faith. And so, of course, there is nothing without the grace of God. But faith is our connection with the grace of God. If you like, faith is like our hand reaching out to connect with God's hand of grace. And by that way, God's power can flow into our life. So our f your faith is, is like the most precious thing you, you, you have. But we're all on a journey of faith. And I want to talk about this journey of faith and how we, we grow in faith and the different levels of faith. Uh, one, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Let's start there, shall we? It says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. I hope that's true about you, that your faith is growing exceedingly, it says, and also your love, he says. So how is it that our faith grows? Well, we know that Romans 10 17, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing God speak into your heart. That, that produces the capacity of faith. And then it says faith is perfected as you act on the word of God. And so as we hear and as we do the word of God, our faith will grow. Now, the Bible promises that if we seek God, we will find him. And, and to find God is to know him. And to know him mean, involves your faith. Faith is, is, is that part of you that enables you to know and experience God. And so if you will seek God, that's where it begins. Your journey of faith begins by you seeking God. If I was talking to someone who's an agnostic or an atheist, I would always start by saying, look, just you don't know there isn't a God set your heart to know the truth and, and pray that prayer. God, if you exist, I want to know you. Show yourself to me. And it begins by having a heart that's open and willing to, to know God. And the Bible says, if you will seek me, you will, and search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart. And so as we continue to seek God, we will discover more and more about him. We will, we will find him. And one way of looking at this journey is three stages of discovery. As you seek God, you first of all discover him as your creator. You know, I remember even as a child, you look at the universe, you look at the stars, and, and you begin to realize, how, how come I exist? How come I'm conscious? How come this universe exists? How do you even explain that? And you become, begin to realize there has to be a God who created me. I couldn't have just come here as an accident. And you begin to realize, well, if I'm a person, I must have been created by a personal God. And he must have had a purpose in making me. And he would want me to know him. And yet, even knowing God is the creator, you, you are aware of this big gap between you and God. There's, there's still an emptiness. There's, that's, this is just a beginning to realize that there is a creator God, but that's the beginning. 
And as you begin to become aware of, of your sinfulness and of God's righteousness and that there is this separation between you and God, as you seek him further, you begin to seek, Lord, how can I know you because of who I am and who you are? How could this gap be bridged? And then you begin to, then the next level of discovery is you discover him as your savior. You discover the wonderful fact that he has revealed himself in history, that God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. And the word, the eternal word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and then, of course, you hear that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the one who, on the cross, paid the penalty for our sins in order to bring many sons to glory. And so you come to this point of saving faith where you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And that's the, the next big step in your journey of faith. And then that's, so in, in a sense, we could see three steps in this journey. First of all, the Father God, the Creator God. And secondly, you see the revelation of God becoming a man in the person of Jesus, the Son of God. And now that you are, receive Christ, now you be, enter into a new arena of faith, which is through the work of the Holy Spirit. So you see, our journey of faith is connected to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who transforms us. You see, when you accept Christ, you then discover that you are born again and that the Holy Spirit of God who is sent from the Father and the Son, comes and lives inside you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And now there is the power of God within you to overcome, yes, your sin, your weaknesses, and, and to overcome even all the other enemies that may come against you, that you now have the Holy Spirit within you. And so your faith journey moves on. Now you know you're saved, you're in Christ, but now there's the Holy Spirit who lives inside you, who wants to transform you from glory to glory. God within you, the grace of God working within you. And so as you trust in Christ within you and the Holy Spirit within you, so you are then changed from glory to glory, from faith to faith, praise God. And that's uh, the spiritual journey that we're on right now. So, and so we, have, we seek God and we find God. We find him as our father, as our creator, as our savior, and as our sanctifier. Praise God, who ultimately is going to bring us to glory. Hallelujah. And I also want to talk about our growth in faith in another, in another way. Um, there are three levels of faith. And uh, the first faith, first level of faith, I call general faith, okay? And, and again, there's a sequence here. The general faith is just that you have a faith in God. Um, this is like the first level of faith that I talked about before. You believe that God exists. You believe that he created us. You believe he's powerful, that he's good, that he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing. And this is just the general faith in God, praise God. And that actually is the cause of hope, because if you believe there's a God who made you, even though you haven't connected with him really yet, you, you now have hope 
Those who have no faith have no hope. They're hopeless because they've got no basis for believing in any kind of a future. That all they have is the now. But if we believe that there's a God who loves us and who made us, then we have hope. And so, uh, you know, when you're trying to help people who are really depressed, the best thing you can do is give them hope. Give them a vision. Teach them about the character of God. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. And in that way, you will get, start giving them a general hope um, that is, is where faith begins, in a way. And this level one faith, I call it, in the character of God, is the basis for moving to level two faith, which actually is, is specifically all about coming to God and receiving from him. This is the faith that appropriates. First of all, you must believe that God is the source of all authority and power. You've got to believe in the person of God. But the next level of faith is your ability to come and receive the promises of God. And this is where you come to the word of God and he gives you all these different promises. And it's the confidence to come to God, take God at his word and believe you receive his promises. That's what I would call level two faith. And this is promises of God's provision, of his power, of his salvation and so forth. And Hebrews 11.6, let's go there. It says this. And it, it, it talks about the connection between level one faith and level two faith. First of all, he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he's talking about general faith in the character of God. Because anyone who comes to God, now to come to God, to receive from God, that's level two faith. But b before you can even do that, you must first believe that God is. That's level one faith. You believe that God is. And also that he rewards those who earnestly seek him, who diligently seek him. So in other words, you've got to believe that he is and that he loves you and that he hears you, he rewards you if you seek him. In other words, you've got to have that general belief in the character of God. Then you can come to him and you can believe you receive the promises of God you see. And so a child, for instance, before he can come to his father to, to receive, a, say the father has promised him something, he, he's got to have confidence in the character and the person of his father that he's faithful and strong enough to do that for him, uh, to rich enough to provide this thing for him, and then he can come and he can receive from his father. And that's level two faith. Level two faith comes to God to receive from him on the basis of his character and promises. And this is where we use the word trust to describe faith. This is when we personally put our trust in God, in Christ, and in his word. And that pleases God. You know, when you put your trust in him, that pleases God because you're showing confidence in his character and you're taking him at his word. And that connects you to the power of God when you trust his promise. You know, a classic example is when you receive salvation. You heard the promise of God. And, and for me, it was Revelation 3.20. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And if anyone hears 
my voice, he says, and opens the door of his heart. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And so I took Jesus at his word. I, I, I invited Jesus to come into my heart. Hallelujah. And I trusted him based on his promise. And I said, you are faithful to your promise. So I believe that when I receive you now, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And you know, when you receive him as your Savior, he comes in to your heart and he forgives all your sins. And he gives you his free gift of eternal life. He makes you his child. Praise God. And when he comes in, he also comes in as your Lord because he is God. And, and so this is, if you like, level two faith. When you put your trust in Christ for salvation, believing the promise of God, another promise of God for salvation is, for example, all who call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved, Romans 10, 13. You see, if you believe the promise and you come to God and you call on him and that you receive that salvation. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us come therefore boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In other words, this is coming to his throne with confidence. Why? Because we know his promise. He promises to give that Anything that's promised to you in the new covenant, you can take that word and come boldly to his throne and believe you receive based on that promise. When you've sinned, he promises that if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you the sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So you come to God based on that promise. Don't come to God empty-handed. Come to God with the promise of God that you are basing your faith on and say, God, I'm asking you to forgive me and to cleanse me. Blot that sin out of your record book and blot it out of my conscience that, that I am forgiven and cleansed. And he will do that, you see, because you're believing him based on his word. And he loves that. It says about in Hebrews 11, 11, by faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and she bore a trial. That's awesome. She was 90, yet she received, based on God's promise, the power not only to conceive seed, uh, a, a child, but also to carry him full term to birth. That's awesome. How did she do that? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. See, that's level one faith. She, she first of all had to have a faith in God in the character of God, that he was faithful to his promise. And once you believe that, then you're in position to believe that specific promise of God that he had promised her, and she was able to receive that power of God into her. And, and we tend to think of this level two faith, where you believe you receive the promises of God. Surely that's the height of your faith journey. But actually, there is a higher level of faith. That is, we would call um, level three faith. And this is the kind of faith that uh, passes the tests of life. Uh, it, I would also describe it as the loyalty of love. It's, it's your, when your faith in God reaches the point that you have an absolute trust and loyalty to God, even when all hell breaks loose. This uh, is trusting God even when it seems that all seems lost. Because there are times when the men of God in the Bible went through very hard times. Uh, 
God had given them a promise like Joseph and it seemed like the opposite happened for many years. And it would be easy for him to say, obviously God can't be trusted, you know. Uh, But yet Joseph kept believing God, kept believing God against all the physical evidence and he stayed loyal to God through it all. And God, of course, kept his word and promoted uh, Joseph and fulfilled the vision that God had for him. But he had a level three faith. And so let me just illustrate that in a few ways. You see, Abraham had a level two faith (coughs) when he, like Sarah, believed God's promise. And the promise was Isaac. And by believing God, he gave glory to God and Isaac came forth supernaturally. God's promise was fulfilled in his life. But Abraham had a higher level three faith uh, a few few years later, probably about 15, 20 years later, as Isaac grew up. Then God tested his faith, as it were, tested his love more like, and said, will you be willing to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice to me? In other words, do you, even if you lose the most precious thing in your life, will you still trust me? Will you still love me? That's the level three faith, when we believe God, even if we lose everything in this life. And it says in Hebrews eleven seventeen, by faith Abraham, when he was tested. So in other words, level three faith is the faith that passes the test. He offered up Isaac. That was the greatest faith. There is no higher level of faith. He was willing to offer up Isaac. And it says, he who had received the promises that's level two faith, offered up his only begotten son of whom it said, in Isaac, your seed will be called. So all of God's promises, you see, uh, were to Abraham would be fulfilled through Isaac. So by offering up Isaac, it seems like all would be lost. But it says that God, he believed that God was able to raise Isaac up from the dead. In other words, in the face of losing everything, He didn't let go of his faith in God. He trusted in God that if necessary, God would raise Isaac from the dead. That is the pinnacle of Abraham's faith. And so when you are in times of testing and you still love God, no matter what, even though you don't understand why all this stuff is happening to you, but you stay loyal to God, you keep loving God, you are demonstrating the highest level of faith. That's what I'm telling you. A classic example of this is in Daniel chapter 3. The um, Shadrach, Meshesh and Abednego, I'm sure you know the story, they were told by Nebuchadnezzar that they had to worship this image. And uh, they're told that in verse 16, if you don't worship the image, you will be thrown immediately into a burning, fiery furnace, a trial by fire. In other words, trials will expose what kind of faith we have. And, and he says, what kind of, what God could deliver you from my hands? And then they, I love the answer to the king. They answered the king, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, if you decide to do this, number one, this is level one faith now, our God whom we serve, they confess their faith. I love that. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Level one faith. God is able. Our God is powerful. It's it's easy for him to deliver us. That's level one faith. General faith in the character of God. Then level two faith comes out of their mouth. 
and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. I love that. They had, God had actually given them the faith that God was going to deliver them in that situation. You know, but sometimes God asks somebody to give up their, their life. But they actually had a faith that God was going to deliver them. That's level two faith. God had promised it to them and, 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 and through a gift of faith. And they believed that. They had a level two faith. And, and many would see that as the ultimate faith. They were going to believe God to deliver them from this fiery furnace. Uh, but actually, they go on to confess a higher level of faith still, which is the level three faith, when they say, but if not, in other words, even if God wasn't going to deliver us from this fiery furnace, even if God lets uh, you throw us into this fiery furnace, let it be known to you, O king, <laughs> that we will not serve your gods, neither will we worship the gold image which you've set up. Because to worship that image would be disloyalty to God, to worship a false god. And so what were they doing there? Saying no matter what happens, even if we die, we are not going to let go of our loyalty to God. We will trust God to, the, to our last breath. No matter what happens, even if we don't understand why God doesn't intervene, we will stay loyal to our God. That is the highest level of faith. They were saying, even if I burn, I will not bow. I will still worship God. And that is faith that is the true gold. That is faith that passes the test. And if you don't, you know, you have, we have to have this kind of faith to stand under trials and persecutions where we, we will say, I don't care if you ridicule me, you persecute you, me, you kill me. I will not let go of my faith in God. I will stay loyal to God to the end. And that's kind of loving loyalty is the ultimate manifestation of faith. And for God, that is most precious, most precious faith. Um, we see this kind of faith in Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 and 18. The prophet had actually seen the Babylonian invasion was going to happen because of Israel's sin. He knew terrible times were coming upon Israel but I love his response in Habakkuk 3. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom uh, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive fail and the fields yield no fruit, fruit though the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. In other words, if we lose everything, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. You know, if you lose everything else in this life, uh, if you're imprisoned, if you, whatever happens, they can't take your salvation away from you. And so he says, I will rejoice in my God and I will rejoice in my salvation. Hallelujah. That's level three faith. You keep your faith in God rather than kind of, oh God, why did you let this happen to me? I'm, I'm not going to follow you anymore because I thought if I followed you, it would all be roses. No, the highest kind of faith is to trust and worship God even when everything else is going wrong. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of, of Job. You know, um, Job, the trials of Job, we don't have time really to go into it. But the, when you go through a trial, the main test that's actually going on is will you keep your loyalty to God? Because 
when you go into a trial, Satan, the enemy, will whisper to you, oh, give, give up your faith in God. That's what he did through Job's wife. Oh, give up, curse God and die. You know, stop trusting in God. That's, that's the temptation in the trial. Um, and the test, as far as God's concerned is, will you keep your faith in God? even through those hard times, even if you don't understand. And Job didn't understand it was the devil doing this. He didn't understand why God, why this was happening. And he didn't understand until the end how he had opened the door to the enemy. And of course, God showed him at the end. He revealed Leviathan to him. And Leviathan is a picture of the devil. And the last word that God told Job was, Leviathan is the king over all the sons of pride. Job had got himself into pride and self-righteousness. You'll see that in his speeches. And he'd, he'd given access to the enemy to, to bring um, hurt in his life. And, and when he had this shown to him, he repented and humbled himself before God and, and God restored him. But my main point is that even though you see a lot of pride and self-righteousness in his speeches, he is still commended. Job is commended as being righteous, as being what the patience of Job, he says. Look at the patience of Job, James 5 says, and the end of the Lord. The, what mattered most to God is that he kept his faith through it all. Yes, all kinds of bad attitudes came out, and trials will do that. They will expose all kinds of bad attitudes in us um, because we're going through this hard time. And through bringing these things to the surface, we can be cleansed and refined as through fire, and our faith can become stronger. Um, but the real test that is going on behind it all, which Job passed that test, is that he kept his faith in God. He says, even if God uh, was to slay me, yet I will worship him. Even if I lose everything, I will still worship him. You see, that's the kind of faith God's looking for. Job passed that test. And so even though trials may be messy and you might react badly, if you keep your trust in God, you keep loving God. And I'll finish with Romans 8.28, which says that if God will work all things together for our good, for those who love God, who keep loving God through the trial, he will turn it for good. And so... Those are the levels of faith. Uh, come to God, believe in God, receive his promises. But when it seems like they're not happening, keep your faith in God, keep loving God, and you will be pleasing God through your faith. Amen.